Marcos. Are we live? All right, hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline. Sorry we're late. Sorry for the amazing opening, but uh, our rhythm got thrown off a little bit today. And Pablo had to go and see a doctor. Can you believe it? What is this? Communist an, Russia? An animal doctor. He went to go see a veterinarian because he is the rhino, so it does make sense. Anyway, thank you for joining us for Signals from the Frontline, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org. My name is Reese. I am your host. With me is Frankie. And behind the camera is the one and only Rhino, who thankfully got a clear bill of health. Not going to die on us. Did you miss all the witty banter, Buddha Bob? Yes, uh, we were running late today, so we jumped right on into the show. So let's get to it. This week, big news in the 40K world, we have the Dark Angels uh, Codex Supplement, no longer its own codex, has been released. And by all accounts, they are going to be top tier. Looking extremely strong, uh, probably going to be one of the better armies in the game, in my opinion. And one of the things that people are either really excited or really upset about, depending on where you stand, is the fact that the thematic lists in the Death, or Dark Angels, aka Deathwing and Ravenwing, are going to be really, really strong. You can play them on their own, and for the first time in forever, a la Frozen, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, Deathwing, Ravenwing, both, I think, are going to be winning missions, no problem. Uh, and I think both of those subcategories of Dark Angels are going to be top tier under themselves. Um, if you want to play a Greenwing, which is the kind of common parlance for like normal uh, Dark Angels with Marines, also going to be really, really strong. And I think overall, this is a 10 out of 10 codex. Um, I think if every codex had this degree of, of power and flavor, then 40k is going to be in a great spot. When you can play a thematic list and not feel like an idiot and get your butt kicked every other game, um, or you can uh, kind of play generically, or, or you can tune it up and try and eke maximum power out of it, and all those ways to play are viable, that, that to me is a home run. Uh, what is your opinion on the codex, Frankie? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be really strong. I mean, we were seeing Deathwing doing extremely well before the supplement, and I think they're going to do even better with their supplement. Um, Ravenwing also super solid and like you were saying uh, Greenwing I think is going to be kind of like a secret army that you'll see every once in a while that'll do really well um, being able to shoot your bolters and stuff in close combat is going to be nasty so I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see how they do on the table it'll be cool to see like mini marines or uh, just a lot of primaris marines on the table so yeah indeed and, and some of the, the really interesting stuff too is like I don't personally think it was necessary but as long as other armies get the same treatment it's all good but it's like the rules on rules on rules. That's like my biggest critique of, of ninth edition. Um, so now you have doctrines, but now you have extra doctrines, right? Like in the, in the Devastator Doctrine, Dark Angels get all the other benefits of being in the Devastator Doctrine and they get six inches of range. And then in the Tactical Doctrine, they get, um, you know, they can shoot into combat. And, and then in the Assault Doctrine, they, you know, they can do extra stuff and it's like, I, I literally have trouble keeping track of everything. Um, you know, like you get out to play the same list over and over and over again, just to remember what your list does. So that, that's my biggest critique. However, it def that is where a lot of the flavor comes from in it. Um, and if so long as other armies get a similar treatment, it's all good. It's just gonna be a challenge to try and recall, you know, everything that's going on at the same time. Like, I, I feel like I need a flow chart just to remember everything that's happening in my Deathwing army now, because there's five characters that each have an aura. And then depending on what doctrine I'm in, 
there's all this other stuff going on. It makes that's what makes them so good. But it's like I need like a cheat sheet just to remember what the heck is going on half the time. Like I forget my own rules constantly. So yeah, and I mean that's it's funny because like like sixth edition I think is when you really started to see all these rules pop up on top of rules. So if you listen to any of our old podcasts, we would always be like, yeah, if you ever have to say and more than twice, you have too many rules. Now you say and like 30 times. So I don't think that rule even applies anymore. Now it's now it's if you have less than uh, 10 ands, you're probably not a uh, super good codex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it just, it gets, the complexity is hitting like a whole new level. Yeah. And it, it just, it gets challenging to remember it. And then the, the flip side of that is like in fifth edition, you could literally know every rule in the game or pretty, like call it 80, 90%. Right, like you knew what your codex did, you knew what your opponent's codex did, and you had a true mastery of the game. Now, yeah, give me a break. Like, you could be the greatest player in the world and you're still getting surprised by stuff every single turn, right? It's like, oh, I have a stratagem that lets me go back in time. You're like, oh, sure, sounds sounds cool, right? It's the back to the future stratagem. And um, that part of it is getting a little bit challenging. Like, it gets... It gets exceedingly difficult to really have mastery of the game. It's like it's approaching like Magic the Gathering level complexity, um, because of all the inner 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 workings and inner relationships between the rules. So, you know, it, that's not like a huge critique. That's like my only critique of where we're at with the codexes. So it's like, yeah, I love it. I love the flavor. I love the depth. Like you can. You can write lists for the rest of the edition out of this codex and never explore all the options, but it also just makes it difficult to actually play the game, in my opinion. It might just be because I'm getting old also. I can't remember everything. No, it's it's a lot. Like, honestly, like, even just playing, uh, like, Harlequins, right? They don't even have their own codex yet. Like, just remembering all of the stratagems that there are. And, like, so many of them are situational, so, like, to remember that, you have to have had like experienced it at some point or you remember it just off the top of your head and it's just there's so many different rules going around and then like you said once you have the codex it's like you have these rules that interact with other rules so it's like oh are you in the tactical doctrine okay well you have these three things are you in the assault doctrine okay you have these two things you're like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah how do you remember it all so like the stratagems are my favorite part of ninth edition i think they're the best or in eighth too i think they're the best like addition to the game however I would rather see less stratagems that are more generally applicable than having 80 million stratagems that are hyper-specific because it makes it harder to remember them. You're less likely to even use them because you don't remember what they do. And I think that the game would be actually be better if you had less options that were more meaningful, right? So, and I'm not bashing ninth edition. It's obviously, it's a, it's a killer edition. People are loving it. Um, that's just like a general point of feedback that, that I have about where we're at. Because looking at this, like, I was having trouble remembering everything my army did out of the index. And now it's, like, twice as complex. Right? So I'm like, man, I'm going to seriously have to get flashcards. And it's like I'm cramming for a test in college again. And just like, uh, what does Blyle do? Uh, two plus to wound. Uh, plus one to hit. Uh, Reroll auras. You know, like, otherwise I just, I don't remember it. But... That aside, I think it's a great codex. I think it's a great addition. Um, it's just, uh, you know, a little bit higher learning curve. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And one of the other cool things about this codex, and we're not going to do a full review because there's already a million out there and it's 
it would be redundant. But one of the things I really liked about this codex is that the librarian in the Dark Angels codex is the first, I think, really, really appealing librarian out of all the Space Marine flavors we've gotten so far. Um, you don't really see librarians in Space Marine armies at all. It's basically uh, chaplains, lieutenants, and captains. That's all you're seeing. But with Dark Angels, their power, like, seriously, five out of six of the psychic powers just slap. They're so good. Um, and it has me, like, thinking, gosh, do I want to try and drop Belial? Or even drop the chaplain to get a librarian. But, like, I don't want to drop either one of those. Because they're both so good. The interrogator chaplain is such a boss. The plus two inch charge aura by itself makes the chaplain worthwhile. But, um... The librarian powers are really, really good, and we'll go over them really quick, um, just to put context to what I'm saying. But I think that's I a really cool thing about this uh, codex is it's it's actually a hard choice on what HQs to take, right? Like, that's that's always been kind of what Space Marines have been plagued with. It's like you don't really take librarians. Maybe every once in a while you will. Chaplains rarely used to see the table. Now you're seeing them a lot more because they have these cool abilities. Uh, captains you always saw for their uh, reroll ones, chapter masters rerolls a hit, lieutenants rerolls ones. So it's like now there's like so many different options and they're all doing cooler and cooler things that now it becomes like this fight for what characters are you going to take. And the cool thing about that as well is you're going to see so many different lists because maybe I take a librarian but Reese takes a chaplain. And there's there's good reasons to take either or or both. So it would be really cool to see what people come up with. Yeah, I think a chaplain, uh, a chaplain librarian is going to be a really common combo. Just for Deathwing, which is the flavor that I specifically play, you need Belial to get the extra slots, the extra elite slots. Because yet, like hilariously, six is not enough to run your army the way the way I do. Then obviously the other choice is just to switch to a battalion and then take some um, like tactical marines or something to fill the troop slot. Yeah. But um, you know, having those three. Um, HQs would be really, really meaningful. And uh, and I agree with everything that you said, Frankie. It, it's cool that it's a choice. It's cool that it's a hard choice. And it's not just like an obvious path of least resistance. Um, but yeah, look at these. Let's take a look at these uh, Dark Angels powers because I, I feel like this is one of the things that stands out the most. Uh, you have Mind Worm, which is like this right here, this power by itself makes the librarian uh, appealing. So it's a 18 inch range. And it does a mortal wound, and then it turns off. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Not, I'm thinking of a different one. Mind Worm's extremely good too. So it does a mortal wound, and it makes someone fight last. That's incredibly good, obviously, right? Like a Morty or a Magnus or whatever, whoever, right? Any really powerful melee character, you can make them fight last. And then if you've got like a unit like Deathwing Knights or something that's in combat with them, that unit's probably going to die before they even swing. So it's huge. You can just make a guy die instead of killing a bunch of your guys. Um, the uh, mind wipe was the one I was talking about. 18 inch range and it turns off an enemy aura. Like, that's actually a really becoming a more common ability in the game now. Like, Admech can do it. Uh, Night Lords can do it. Mm -hmm. I think somebody, there's another one that can do it too. I think Chaos Probably. maybe. Um, but that that's ludicrous. That is a ludicrously powerful ability. Like, if you can turn off someone's morale control aura, or if somebody's giving an invulnerable save aura, or a feel no pain aura. So anything like that, dude, that, I mean, that's like, you could break the back of someone's army just off of that, uh, just off of that ability. Yeah, it's super powerful. And I like 
I like it because it's so different than like anything else that we're seeing, right? Like it, it's really cool that you'll be able to turn off auras that your opponent's like dependent on. So yeah, and it's great. Like for example, Deathwing, they lost their feel no pain aura, but they got the minus one damage aura, which I think is with three wounds. I think it's so with the feel no pain. Like with three wounds, you're going to make one usually, right? So it's about the same. But then every now and then you get lucky and you make two. But every now and then you make none, right? So like for the minus one damage, I'm fine with it. When you have three wounds, it's it's fine. Yeah. Like I feel like it might. It's 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 a more reliable version of, of feel no pain. Yep. Right. Um. And turning that off, like if you can turn that aura off on the banner bearer that has it. In my experience with my Deathwing, as soon as they don't have that feel no pain aura, they die really easily, right? So something that little could just smash somebody. Um, or like with the, your Harlequins, the minus one to wound aura, turn that off. It's a huge, huge change in damage yep. that you take. When um, I don't need to over explain it. I think everybody understands how good that is. Uh, Aversion is another one. Uh, select a unit within 24 inches. This is so ridiculous. Minus one to hit, minus one attack. I like it. That is bananas. <laughs> so you take that, like say you had a big mob of orc boys coming into one of your units. You hit them with that, and then you also use the stratagem where only the front row of boys can attack. You went from getting annihilated by that unit of boys to taking almost no damage. It's just, that's like borderline too strong in my opinion. I'm it's like, pretty good. That, that's wild, dude. Like, I mean, even against against any melee unit, that's really crippling. And the more models they have, the worse it gets. Yeah. Uh, Righteous Repugnance. Uh, pick a uh, select one friendly Dark Angels unit within 12 inches. Uh, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, you can reroll the hit roll and the wound roll. So you can GM in a unit in melee. It's not now, bad. Again, with especially like Deathwing, who are typically hitting on fours, threes at the best. It's a huge difference in the number of, in the amount of damage that you do, especially if you're going into like a Morty or a Magnus, somebody who's like T8. Now you're, you've increased your uh, hits by uh, 50% and your damage by 50%. That's huge. That's humongous in the amount of uh, damage you're going to do. Um, the witch fire is nothing special in my opinion. Um, if you, if you roll above their leadership, you do three mortal wounds. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then the last one, Engulfing Fear. I know you weren't very impressed with it, Frankie, but in my opinion, uh, you in the right situation, this wins you the game. It's situational, but I don't I don't think you'll really take it. Uh, with 24... When did, oh, no, because you, you have to put your psychic powers on your list. Right? Like, you choose them before the game now? Yeah. Am I I'm getting my additions confused? I believe confused? so, yeah. Um, yeah, in that instance, you're not going to take it very often. If you could pick it at the table and someone's like, oh, I'm taking Raise the Banners, you're like, well, I'm taking Engulfing Fear. Um, if, if you're in a situation where in your local meta, people always take Raise the Banners or uh, Scanners, this is going to be great because you stop someone from doing it. Yeah. Um, just all around, it's, it's extremely, extremely good. And then the Librarians know is in a chump, you know, especially if you take them in on a bike or Terminator armor or whatever. I don't even think you can take him on a bike anymore. You can't take him on a bike anymore. Yeah, it's gone, isn't it now? Yeah. Um, you know, he's decent in melee as well. So, all around, just an incredibly good codex. Um, a lot of people think it might be too good. Hopefully, we have events come back here relatively quickly and we can find out for real and not just theorize. 
Yeah. It, but uh, on the whole, 10 out of 10. For everybody that doesn't play Dark Angels, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to like it. But yeah, they're super good. It's like we were saying, you, people were doing really well just with without this. And now that they have it, it's just, you get a plethora of new rules. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. And my, my old ass is going to have to like create flowcharts because I, I, I have trouble remembering it. As it's it a is. lot of rules. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It is. That, that is my biggest complaint, but we already talked about that, so we don't need to rehash it. Um, you know, for the for the young bucks out there, no problem. But I mean, I got all data shy. I got other editions, other games and rules in my brain. Hard to find room. Yeah. In other news, we have a new FLG Matt promo for you this week. This week we have uh, Junkyard, a very popular Matt. It evokes a setting that would be perfect for a post-apocalyptic game. It's great for orcs, uh, junk decrons, like my necrons. Basically, any any game that would take place in sort of a rough and ready kind of Outlanders or um, what's that popular video game, Borderlands, Borderlands yeah. type setting. Junkyard is perfect for that. It goes really, really well with the orc uh, ITC terrain, but you can really use almost anything for yeah. it. Very, very cool mat. It's very popular. It's available at 18% off right now. So if you want to pick one up, we do have it available in a wide range of sizes from Kill Team on up. Go ahead and grab one and get your junk on. Get your, get your junk on. Sounds like a song. Dude, Ba Wheat Grana Weep Mini Bomb. <laughs> Some of you will get it. Some of you won't. Breakdancing Transformers. That's, all. That's, my only, that's my only hint. The glory days. But yeah, check that out and pick one up if you want. And then also today is the last day to take advantage of our Jungle FLG mat promo, which we've been running. Jungle is another super popular mat. It's my personally, it's one of my favorite mats. Um, I think well, on the table, it's one of the coolest looking mats that we have, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a really cool mat. Yeah, we don't have that many stinkers to be honest. Except for Junkyard, you know what I'm saying? I think Junkyard's awesome. It's got junk on it. I actually like Junkyard more than Badlands, but Badlands is uh, one of the best sellers. Yeah. I think, like, because a lot of the times you can't tell the detail on the mat from the picture. Yeah. Because the mat's obviously, it's like gigantic and the picture's, you know, a fraction of the size. And then when you get them in real life and uh, you get to see, like, the full size art, a lot of times they look way better in real life than they do in the picture. Yep. Uh, Marcos got his junkyard during the Black Friday sale. Thank you so much. Thank you for your patience. We had uh, took us a while to get caught up on that. And he has junkyard in two sizes. Thanks so much. Nice. Appreciate the business. Uh, Bulldog0013 asks in the chat, and by the way, if you're new to the show and you hear us talking to phantoms, you can join us for the show live on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time normally. We were a little late today. And uh, we have the chat live and we like to engage with people that fire us questions. So Bulldog asks, uh, any updates on the FLG team tournament now that the ATC is canceled? Yeah, so the Las Vegas team tournament is going to be at the end of September. Uh, we haven't finalized it yet, but right now we're looking at five five-person teams. We're going to run a poll uh, on the Facebook page associated with it. We're getting all that worked out. Um, but we're looking at five-person teams because we feel like that's the right mix uh, it's a good size, and anything bigger than that, it gets really difficult to actually make it work without somebody bailing. Five, it's, it, it can be a challenge five with five. Charging, yeah. So um, we're looking at five-person teams, and this event literally is only a 40K team tournament. That's it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's in a really cool 
um, kind of like low-key casino uh, at the end of the strip. It's going to be very um, price-friendly, uh, which is not, you don't always get that in Vegas. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's seriously just going to be one thing. <laughs> Makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, Come on out. Have fun. We, we're like 100% positive this event's going to absolutely sell out immediately. So um, we know that the whole hall is going to be – like. We won't have enough room to fit everybody that wants to play in the team tournament. So it uh, should be a blast. We're really looking forward to that. And tickets will go up for sale when we have a little bit better idea of what's going on with COVID. Also, if you want to uh, guarantee your spot, you can get that event pass that we put up for sale. Jumping ahead in the notes, but that's get okay. It. There we go. So, um, so. We'll, we'll leap forward because it's a good segue. Yeah. Um, you want to take it away? Uh, yeah, so you can sign up for the event pass. We put them up uh, last week. Um, there's still uh, some left in the cart. But if you get the event pass, you can guarantee yourself three slots into any of the events that we run this year or next year. Um, and basically, it's like a checkbox. So as soon as you sign up for an event, now you have two left, so on and so forth. Um, and what it does is it gives you early registration. We'll reach out to all the people with event passes before we put tickets up for sale so that you guys have guaranteed spots. And it's also at a discount. So you get your tickets at, what was it, 20%? So all the tickets are different price. It's an average of like 23.4%. We're calling yeah. it just under 25% because it makes it easier. Yeah. But it basically you're saving almost a quarter off the ticket price. Yep. Yeah, so it, super flexible. Um, we're calling it the COVID proof pass. So hopefully we don't, you know, hopefully we don't regret that later. Yeah. But um, it looks like we should be back to normal. I'm it looking like summertime. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but we're getting this out there because obviously we're getting, for the company, we're getting our butts kicked with no events for a year. So we're trying to make up some of that uh, lost revenue. But it's also a really, really good deal for the customer because if you go to three events, which most, most of you people that listen to this podcast do, um, and that's a good segue. We'll talk about all the cool things that are going on there. Um, you save a lot of money. And like Frankie said, you're guaranteed to get your spot. So a couple of questions that have come up, FAQ stuff. Uh, can you get three LVO 22 40K chance for you and two buddies? No, that's not the point of this ticket. <laughs> it's for you. It's for you. So that what you can do, like one way to game the system as we're all gamers, is that you can get your entire team's ticket for a team event early. And then you get one of the uh, person's tickets for the team uh, refunded to you. Yep. Right. So out of a five-man team, you only have to pay for four. And you get an early reg, your whole team gets to get in it. Right. Say for SoCal Open, like two weeks before registration goes up, we email you. And then you go, I want to use one of my three virtual 40K tickets to get a spot in the 40K narrative at the SoCal Open. Cool. And then uh, for the next one, you want to go to the New Orleans Open. Like, oh, I want to reserve a, uh, a ticket for that. Cool. Check another one off. Oh, and then I want to go play in the 40K friendly at the LVO 2022. Bang. Right? And so the cool thing about the way it works is if COVID causes us to reschedule an event, we put a virtual ticket back into your account and you can use it for another event. Yep. Easy peasy. Helps us. Helps you. It's called a win-win, baby. That's right. Win-win. So make sure to grab one if you want. Um, we are selling them pretty quickly. Don't think they're going to be around forever. So make sure to jump in and grab one if it sounds like a good deal to you. Yep. Helps us, helps you. Helps Pablo. Why is the sky blue? <laughs> yeah. 
Then we can actually uh, pay Pablo's payroll. Ooh. Which he appreciates. Pay his doctor bills. He's got his health insurance. That ain't cheap. Um, which we do provide insurance options for our employees. Pretty proud of that. That's right. Pretty proud of that. There you go. That is not easy to do in uh, in 2021. All right. So big news, really exciting news. Uh, if you're a video game fan and you're a Warhammer fan, which you're listening to this podcast, it's about 100% chance that that is the case. Uh, War, Total War Warhammer 3, which Ooh. it's funny that they call them 1, 2, 3 because it's the same damn game. Just It's an expansion to the game. But whatever. P- pulling out my Grognard card. Um Total War Warhammer 3 was announced. It looks amazing uh, in the preview video, which I highly recommend you watching. It's very um, uh, entertaining. They feature a Kislev, which is cool because you've never seen them in anything, really, uh, and Chaos Demons. So that's exciting. Sounds like a lot of fun. It's going to be a cool expansion. And the way Total War series works is that you get a whole campaign, at least one, probably more than one, that uh, come along with this. So super exciting. Can't wait to get my hands on Total Warhammer 3. Should probably get more than 20 turns into Total Warhammer 2. (laughs) Meh. Eh. I tried playing as a lizard man in Total War Warhammer 2, and they're so boring to play. (laughs) They might get better, like, the further you go. Because, one, I I played, like, I played all the way through, like, four different armies. I super enjoyed it. But the lizard man, like, they were just all melee units and magic. I was like, this is boring. Yeah. Because you guys don't run away either. Like, not really. So they just go in there and they're just whacking people. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Snoresville. Like, this is so boring. Fast forward. That was so funny when Pablo was like, dude, you just fast forward. I was like, oh my God, the game is so much faster. You didn't know that? No, I had no you idea. You just sat there and watched him yeah, slowly. I would march. just watch him walk. I'm like, holy crap, this takes forever. And then Pablo was like, why don't you fast forward? I was like, oh my God. I would always slow it down when you get into combat. But, because. The first time I played as Empire, and I didn't know how to play the game either. Yeah. I thought you had to literally conquer every single space on the map. Yeah. And I was like, this game is so long. And I think it was Pablo or somebody was like, dude, you look in your you like, like a mission. That you look at your right? mission. And I was like, oh my God. Because I, I had one square that I had to conquer. Yeah. And I, it was my ally. So I left him alone and I conquered like the whole world. And I was like, oh, what? Just pimp slapped him really quick. He's like, you win. I was like, I could have done that two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good game though. It really is. But playing as Empire, like hell yeah, you fast forward because you just shoot everybody to death. So I like line up my gun line, <laughs> fast forward, and it's just like it's like watching <laughs> the opening <laughs> scene of Saving Private Ryan yeah. in, in like double speed. Seizing, like, ah! the castles is like my favorite part. Yeah, that, that stuff was so fun. I'm like, yeah. dude, at, at the end of the campaigns, I literally I just auto I just auto just resolve auto fight, every fight. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, let's get this over with. Yeah, after a while, you're like, oh, I don't need to. Like, I would fight any of the ones that were close. I was like, all yeah. right, okay, our armies are close. I will fight. I just, I like, I was like, I, I've, I've gone in like a thousand battles now. I don't care. Just, yeah. I don't care how many casualties I take. Just get this over with. But yeah, super fun game. Can't wait to play it. Uh, the Kislev looks amazing. I was always really into the army because it's like a mix of like, obviously kind of a little bit of a Mongolian feel. Um, you have like the uh, people of the steps. It looks amazing. It's like if you took like, um, what, what is the, the, what the hmm. historical people I'm looking for from Russia that were on the, what's that? The Rus? The Rus, it could have been the Rus. Like in the, the man, the, in the, um, in Sleepy Hollow, the bad guy was one of these. The Headless Horseman was a, 
blank. Okay. Uh, a headless man. He was, that is correct, but prior to losing his oh, head. A vampire. I can't remember. Hussar, thank you. I knew someone right. in the chat would get it. I was like, why can I not remember what this is? Anyway, uh, or Tartars, that's another one. Cossack, that's another good one. Yeah, anyway, all the, the step people. <laughs> so, again, history buff. Who is Stalin? <laughs> history buff. Um, yeah, all of those, all of those uh, groups of people. Anyway, they're really fascinating. They're cool. Ice magic, love it. Uh, and then all the demons looked really, really good, too. Yeah. So, excited for that. In uh, normal Warhammer news, uh, Kill Team players, the new Kill Team uh, release has some interesting new terrain that's Necron themed. It looks pretty cool. Ooh, it's got barrels and doors. Ooh, baby. All about it. Ooh, baby. Also, the Dark Prince is returning in Age of Sigmar. Oh, from- yeah. So the the Heat Knights Slanesh and then obviously the demons as well, pretty cool. That picture is perfect. It yeah. is really good. It is. I, I was like like really like studying it for a while. Like this the guy front right yeah. is a creepy looking dude. The placement of his mace is very creepy too. It's perfect. The yeah. With the tongue out, it's like ace freely. <laughs> it's <very> kiss. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just yeah. I was, you, you, you beat me too. <laughs> yeah, I look like it's great, man. They look like Sybarite or Cerberites or whatever they're called from um uh, I can't. Why am I drawing blanks left and right today? Dark, dark outlaw. No, from um, the horror movie with Pinhead. Oh, uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. But with what was with much more uh, festive attire. Yes. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying. A lot more festive. A lot less Cino leather. Thank less you. leather. I it might be leather. It's just colorful leather. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these guys are having a good time. That's right. The they party. Play, they like the party. Yeah. You know they do, too. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's always funny when everyone's like, oh, what chaos god would you would you go to if you had to? I'm like, it's obviously Slanesh. Like, that's, that's no question. They just no, party. They just have a good time. Yeah, you, right, you're just going to, like, the ultimate party. It's like being a, a, a hairband in the 80s. It's like White Snake or something. Or, like, you know, Def Leppard times 100. With a lot more blood. Yeah. The only other choice that makes any sense would be Zinch, because then you like know a lot of stuff. You're really smart. Yeah, like would Nurgle? No, no, no. The only thing about Nurgle is they're really happy. I mean, yeah, I guess they got sure. a lot of rot, but they're real happy about it. And then it's like corn is the least appealing. Oh, You're yeah. just pissed off all the time. That sounds terrible. It's pretty bad. <laughs> What's well, like Slanesh is like? It's like LMFAO, <laughs> but you know, much darker. <laughs> partying are like, all right. yeah i mean for me it's like that wouldn't even hesitate how about the other demons come to the slanesh parties like, yeah, well, that, that's, why they, that's why that's why corn's mad because they don't let him in yeah they're like, he's nah, like you're too mad he's like oh and then nurgle they're like nurgle will be the Not worst you <laughs> stay out of there nurgle will be the worst dude you just have like every illness yeah that sounds terrible yeah. right no thanks uh some other uh, box games coming out for uh the warhammer hobby kind of i don't i don't know <laughs> How I feel about Real all Real weird. <laughs> Don't have a lot of information yet, so we'll just have to, like, kind of wait and see. Um, but we've got Bladeborn, which kind of looks Ooh. like it's um, a 40K version of... I'm not... I'm totally wrong. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm, not, I'm just going to move on. I got confused. It was like a Gore Chosen, or what was that What was that game that came out? Uh, I think it was like Gore Chosen, right? Yeah, where Something you're like, that. like the four gladiators fighting each other or whatever. That's exactly what that looks like. Well, okay, we're going to go with that. The next one is a 40K game called 
Space Marine Adventures. That tells you right oh, away why it's named That sounds so exciting. It's for kids. I know. <laughs> Um, Adventures of Space Marines. So, if you have, it's aimed for people, uh, for kids seven to ten. So, if you have a child that uh, you're interested in getting involved in the hobby, this is probably a really good way to do it. For and for that, that sounds awesome. The board's weird, though. I know I'm not into that, but whatever. I'm not what? seven, so it's so like. I mean, we don't know what it's the colorful game's about, and stuff. So, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Candyland. That's what it is. Your space marines are going trick or treating. I mean, if if that if that's what yeah, it is, then cool, it. right? I loved Candyland when I was a little kid. It was a great game. Yeah, I mean, whatever, dude. It gets kids into the, the hobby. That's great. It's easy to tease it as an adult, but it's not meant for us. So it was like all those people that got all upset about the the kid comics for, in 40k. I was like, dude, shut up! Like, you are you are entirely missing the point <laughs> if you're criticizing a comic for children. They're like, oh, it's not grim dark enough. I'm like, no, no parent wants to show their kid like the Slanesh party. Yeah. Do you hate <laughs> Mickey Mouse as well? You yeah. terrorist. I'm just like, God. It just every time I see people do that, it reminds me of the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Like <laughs> every time, I'm like, this is you, bro. Like you need to calm down. Yeah, You're um, playing with toys. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, you can have your LMFAO Slanesh party <laughs> with the adults. That's not what the kids want. Yeah. They don't. They shouldn't be seeing that stuff. No. Uh, Warhammer Fireteam is a tactical combat game set in the 40k universe. I don't know what this is either. What, do you know what it is? No, I have no idea. But somebody's saying that they're only 40 bucks at Target. So you get uh, cheap Necron Warriors. Gateway drug. That's so, what it is. Yeah, so I mean, these are introductory products, and it's easy to tease them as old grognards, but that's they're clearly not aimed at us. Like Dylan in the chat says they're 40 bucks at Target. Yeah. Oh, you just said that. My bad. Uh, can you get contrast paints and $2 brushes and you're ready to go? Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Right? For that, they're probably great. Quick painting. Already talked about the Express Pass. Oh, oh baby. Go out and buy one today. Save some money. All right, upcoming ITC events. None. Just kidding, there are some. But uh, <laughs> we're still in the plague time, so we're going to skip that. But let's take a look at the final standings for the... the <laughs> <laughs> Who is the, the, COVID the, king. the Corona King? <laughs> Let's take a look at the weirdest oh, season in the history of the ITC, really 2020. Was. All right, let's take a look. Dan Sammons ended up being the Corona King. Well done. Colic McDade, second. Ken Knox, third. Ben Churian in fourth. And Vic VJ in fifth. Congratulations, I guess. Good I'm job, still, guys. You're still, I'm sure everybody's yeah. still proud of what they did. Like, not, yeah. trying to, not trying to tease anybody for still that. still not easy to win. It's not. So I, you might you might even make the argument it was even harder this year. <laughs> yeah, a lot less events. <laughs> It'll risk your life. Uh, 40K ITC Hobby Track, top five. James Weston in first. Marshall Peterson in second. Jeremiah Pettit in third. Scott Boucher in fourth. James Kelling in fifth. Age of Sigmar, top five. Matt Beasley in first. Anthony Trentinelli in second. William Sohaley in third. Jordan Duncan in fourth. And Gareth Thomas in fifth. Hobby Track, Russell Tanner in first. Will Reeves in second. Adam Kamenish, also in second. I finished the way I started on that. That's good. Got it wrong every single time. Matthew Abbott in fourth, and Dan Sanchez in fifth. Underworlds, top five. Ivan Cho in first. Glendine in second. Jonathan Colson in third. Cody Handler in fourth. Mike Melody in fifth. Kill Team, top five. Rudy Pertu Tataninen with the best name ever. So good. In first place, well done. John Sow in second, Lucas Caron in third, Angel Alvarez Serrano, Serrano 
in fourth and Carlos Paz in fifth. Well done to everybody. Good job, guys. Also want to say a big uh, thank you to everybody that put on the absolutely wonderful Las Vegas Nopin virtual event that went on this previous weekend. If you didn't have a chance to check it out, go back and check it out. The videos are going to be coming up on YouTube. Uh, it was an international effort from the land of convicts to the land of tea drinkers to the land of polite people to the land of cheeseburgers and freedom. <laughs> freedom? <laughs> you had to throw that in. <laughs> Is that Mexico? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, an international event, an international effort. It was really, really cool. I had trouble even envisioning it when the, the guys pitched it. Yeah. But um, I, they absolutely killed it. If you haven't had a chance to watch Steve Joel's <laughs> rendition of I Did It My Way, it's amazing That's and absolutely. So awesome. He's a good singer. He is. Yeah, really, really well done. Go check it out. Uh, they raised a lot of money for a worthy cause. They donated the money to a coronavirus relief uh, charity. Gave away all kinds of cool prizes, including a $1,000 shopping spree in the Frontline Gaming web cart. Uh, Mr. Simon won that. He's very excited. So, really fun. Check it out. There's some great games. It was a really interesting concept where uh, two people would play, and then the winner's list would go to the next person and they would play against another list. And uh, Pablo, the winning list ended up being Sisters of Battle, right? It was Sisters with uh, Drew, Custodes. Uh, that's right. Sisters with Custodes. And uh, Drukari made it into the top, which I was rooting for Drukari, but they got Aww. pretty shit stomped by the Sisters and the Custodes. But, eh. womp, womp. They tried. Eh. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Super neat. And again, to everybody that participated, there was so many, I'm not even going to try to list everybody off because there's so many other content producers from around the world. Yeah. Oh, I forgot in the land of tapas. Oh. How could I possibly forget the Spanish? There it is. I'm so sorry. Everybody forgets about the Spanish, though. It's not. They were a huge part of making it happen and a huge part of the audience. Yeah. Lo siento, mis amigos. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. But uh, the Vaz de Horus. Uh, they have a huge Spanish language following, so it was really cool. It was it was a cool thing to do in a year that sucked. It was a perfect way to end the season. Yeah, it was great. A lot of uh, camaraderie, teamwork. You know, and that that is what the ITC is about. Is yep. about bringing the community together. So really proud of that effort, and um, yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for the show. If anybody has any questions, fire them out. We'll be happy to answer them. People are asking how much did they raise? Does anybody know? It was about eight grand. There you go. Yeah. Boom. And then the money from the merch also went to um, also went to charity, but I don't know how much that was yet. Gotcha. Because we didn't we didn't actually run that. That I didn't. The, the money never touched Frontline Gaming. Nope. And then we'll uh, hang in here for a couple seconds while we see if anybody has any questions because of the sweet delay. Any questions? Congratulations, Marcos, on one thousand seven hundred and seventy sixth place. Job. No, he's talking about freedom, baby. 1776. Uh, Manuel, thank you so much. Uh, it was awesome to have the Spanish community, the Spanish 40K community and the, the English speaking 40K community join together. Now we got to get the French in, uh, hooked up in there and the Germans. Let's go crazy. That's right. That's I mean, right. we actually already work with all those people as it is. Uh, let me see, Lou Rollins, any idea when the team tourney on this side of the country will be happening? Yes, the, the tentative dates are 
if it, there, it's in the ITC calendar now in BCP. Um, it's at the end of September. Will be yeah. the Las Vegas team tournament. Uh, Bruce Gordon, Frankie, I feel like you could uh, dominate Reese at basketball. I don't. Well, all right. I don't know. That would be a pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't I, be a great game, but I tweaked the shit out of my neck too. I slept funny. Oh, it hurts so bad. I used to play basketball every single day, like well, five days a week. Yeah, I but I am terrible now. I played in high school. I was actually pretty good. You used to play a lot of horse. <laughs> I could dunk when I was a freshman in high school. Damn. Now I would. My knees would explode. <laughs> I would jump this high <laughs> off the ground and land, and it would just. That'd be it. I'd die. Uh, it'd be I haven't game. played. I haven't balled in so long, but I used to be. I used to love basketball. That was like one of my favorite games to play for sure. I used to play it all the time. Dude, we used to play it. Uh, I went to San Diego State, yeah. and they have a they have one of the most amazing gyms I've ever seen in my life. Like, unreal. Like yeah. six full size basketball courts. Damn. So we used to go ball uh, at the gym, which that was a wake-up call because there's like literal pros and stuff. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I got to play basketball with Doug Flutie oh. and uh, Good Charlotte. The, no way. Yeah. That's amazing. Because they the, they, a lot of the bands would come to play yeah. on campus. And then obviously uh, when the, when the, the Chargers were there, uh, all the, the different um, athletes would come. Yeah. And so like you would go ball at the at – the, um, what was it called? It's called the Ark, the Aztec Recreation Center. Dude, there was the like scrub court where I normally was. <laughs> it was like the these guys are pro player court. Yeah. And then there was kind of in between. But yeah, I got to play against uh, Good Charlotte. Those guys can ball, dude. They're <laughs> really been playing for a long time. They're really good. Yeah. Like really, really. And Doug Flutie was ridiculously good. He's a professional athlete. So what do you expect? Yeah. That was fun, man. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even. God, I'd be so, I would embarrass myself if I tried to play basketball. I'd right shoot now. it on like the wrong hoop. I'd be like, ah, oh, dang it. Yeah, there was no, there was no defense down there, so I, I went for the easy <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, I could probably play half court for a half hour right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my cardio would be not good, uh, not good at all. Yeah, old man moves were killed in the, uh, you and me both, buddy. Yeah, I don't even know if you call them moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just walking. That's all that is. Yeah, I used to love to play basketball, but I, I, I can't. My mobility is limited. I start doing yoga yeah. every day to try and. We'd have to have a rule like no back. jump shots. You're like, all right. <laughs> I did. Dude. I started doing yoga every day, and yeah. it's like I'm trying to get that mobility. Like, I'm turning 40 next week, so I'm trying to like fight the aging process, and I don't think I'm succeeding very well. Yeah. Uh, Dylan T. Mosley, yep, California announced on the fact page. Justin Turner is for me. All right. Well, everybody's just kind of chatting. Have a good time. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed talking to you. Please take a look at getting one of those express passes. If you want to go, can't believe I forgot. Let's talk about all the other events that are going on. Totally slipped my mind. Last point before we close out. So one of the, 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 one of the selling points of the express pass is that we have over 14 major events planned from now until the end of 2022. I don't know how many of them are going to actually go off, but there's a ton of options. So we've obviously got the ones you know and love, the Las Vegas Open, the SoCal Open, and the Bay Area Open. LVO, BAO are not going to happen this year, so we're not counting those in the 14. But in addition to those three awesome events, we're also going to be running the New Orleans Open in December. That's going to be absolutely amazing. Kicker, you can see there in chat, he's our new events manager. The New Orleans Open, we're thinking about running that as a 40K team tournament. Uh, if you're interested in putting your opinion in on that topic, keep an eye on Frontline Gaming. We're going to be running a poll. We're, 
because of the space limitations, we're thinking about doing it that way. Um, we're not 100% sure yet. Marcos Castellanos asks, Castellanos, sorry if I uh, mispronounced that. Anything in Texas? Yes. We are uh, looking at running an event in Texas in the summertime. We are about to sign the contract on that event. Uh, we're also looking at one in North Carolina, and we're about to sign the contract on that event as well. That one's going to be really cool. We'll give you more um, information as it comes along. And that one, we're looking at February timeframe. And that one's going to be really, I'm really excited about that one. The, the venue is something, it's special. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be running the Las Vegas team tournament in September. And I feel like I'm forgetting one. What am I forgetting? Atlantic City. Atlantic City Open. That one's in June. So I feel like with COVID, it's a 50-50 shot. We're feeling like that's yeah. a 50-50 shot that that one's going to fire off or not. Um, however, Atlantic City Open has the potential to be an LVO-like caliber event. The venue's huge. Obviously, it's centrally located on the eastern seaboard, so it's driving distance from Boston, New York, D.C., all the, you know, Jersey, all these major metropolitan areas. It's on the water. The venue's gorgeous. You can gamble. I have a feeling it's only a five-hour flight from London. I have a feeling that the Atlantic City Open is going to be a beast. Yeah. Um, we'll see if we'll see if it goes off this year or not. I'm hoping, uh, but we, you know we'll see. If not, going forward, I think it's going to be a hell of an event. And we have another event which we're currently negotiating on. It's we're not certain whether which direction it's going to go, but FLG is coming with the heat. We got a full right. schedule. We've been cooped up just as long as you guys have. So more events whenever we can. Plotting and planning <laughs> and negotiating and wheeling and dealing. We yep. didn't let 2020 go to waste. No. I uh, didn't just put on 20 pounds for nothing. <laughs> I didn't put the COVID-20 on. <laughs> I've, I'm down right. to the COVID-15 now. Thank you very there much. You go. Yeah, I can't seem to get under 205. I keep like going up and down on it. But I have been getting some mad gains. There you go. Anybody who wants to uh, banana. join the uh, 40K Fit group if you're looking to keep uh, accountability and, and, and uh, join a, a group of like-minded people for fitness. It's been great. I like to imagine that I'm gaining muscle as I'm losing fat. That's why I haven't gone under 200 pounds. That's probably it. <laughs> so anyway, look at the express pass that gives you access to your choice of three 48 K events from any of the events we just listed. So uh, from now through 2022, it's a really good value. It's a really good value for you. All right. Now, like the Lord of the Rings, three false endings. Here's the real one. Boom. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Pablo, have the Eagles come on the screen. Pull up.